Now, our scripture this morning, this Christmas Sunday, is from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. Uh, we're a little short on time, and uh, Miss Anita can't be uh, with us this morning. And second uh, um, Christmas song there is a little beyond my capacity anyway, so we'll conveniently skip it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 to 21. Would you please stand for the reading of the Word of God? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And may God add his rich blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that you have spoken to us, and we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and speak to us now, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, that we would see our Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up, that his sheep would hear the voice of the good shepherd and offer our hearts to him properly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. Be seated, please. God and sinners reconciled. I all know those words. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. That's what Christmas is about, being reconciled to God. That's what the angel was referring to when he said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. It was not some vague hope of world peace or anything to do with geopolitics or peace treaties between nations disarmament or any such thing as that. The angelic announcement, peace on earth, goodwill to men, was a very specific declaration that God, in sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world, had made his move to secure reconciliation with his people on earth. What we celebrate at this festive season of the year is what it took for sinful man to be restored into fellowship with God. 
It took nothing less than the incarnation of God the Son. God had to become man. The creator of the universe had to take on himself the nature of the creature in order for us to be saved. An old Dutch theologian, the name of Wilhelmus Abrakel, said, the Son of God first had to be personally united to the human nature before sinful man could be restored into friendship and union with God. God had to be personally united to human nature before we could be restored, he said, into friendship, in union, or, or be reconciled to God. And a Bruckle said, Behold how great a work it is to save a sinner. How much work was involved in saving us sinners. And that's what we'll think about on this Christmas Sunday. How great a work it is to save a sinner. First in this passage, we see that to save a sinner... God had to be made flesh. God had to be made flesh. Look at verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Now, when Paul says here that we do not know Jesus according to the flesh any longer, he's not saying that the flesh of Jesus does not matter anymore. In fact, the implication there is plainly that Jesus indeed has real flesh. Now, at this point, Jesus' flesh has been crucified and raised. It's been glorified and translated to a higher order of existence. But Jesus Christ is still the incarnate God-man. No, Paul here is saying that there came a point in his life in, in Paul's life, where his entire outlook changed. And if you want to sound high-minded, you could say that Paul had a paradigm shift. You know, before he was the apostle Paul, he was Saul the Pharisee. 
And Saul was convinced that Jesus was a dangerous imposter, a blasphemer, a charlatan. Because when Saul looked at Jesus, all he could see was flesh. All he could see was a man. And for a mere man to say the kinds of things that Jesus said would have been sheer blasphemy. Why did many of the Jews want to kill Jesus? Why did they take up stones to stone him? It was because he claimed to be the Son of God, thus making himself equal with God. And when Saul could only see the flesh of Jesus, only see a man, he counted Jesus a blasphemer worthy of death. And Saul set out to do all in his power to destroy the Christian movement before more innocent people were duped and conned by these charlatans. But when Paul met Jesus, something changed. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The day came that Saul the Pharisee got into Jesus Christ by faith. And in that moment, his citizenship was transferred out of this dying, decaying world to what he calls, in verse 17, the new creation. The new creation, the new order of things that dawned when Jesus walked out of the tomb on a spring Sunday morning. And when Paul really met Jesus, got into him by faith and became part of the new creation as he himself came to new life in Jesus Christ, Paul came to see the reality that had escaped him before. Look at verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us a ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us a word of reconciliation. You see, Paul came to see that there was more to Jesus than the flesh. God was in Christ reconciling 
the world to himself. It was not blasphemy for Jesus to claim equality with God or to claim the authority to forgive sin or even to say something like, before Abraham was, I am. It was not blasphemy for Jesus to say that because he is God. He is fully God. God was in Christ. The person of the Son of God, the eternal person of the Son assumed a fully human nature in the womb of the Virgin Mary. In the human nature of of Christ, his, his, his flesh. It never had any existence outside of the person of the Son of God. This is what Paul came to see. That the flesh of Jesus Christ, for, for lack of a better word, his, his flesh is personalized by the person of God the Son. That's what it took to reconcile God and sinners. Or as Breckle said, behold how great a work it is to save a sinner. Paul says, Verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Not to count our sin against us or or not impute our trespasses to us means to forgive our sin. But only God himself can forgive sin. If God were not in Christ, if Christ is not fully God, as eternal and infinite and divine as God the Father Almighty is God, he has no authority to forgive our sin. And thus we would be without hope. So we see for God and sinners to be reconciled, God had to be made flesh. And secondly and finally, we see that he had to be made sin. Look at verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now now this is how a sinner can be reconciled to God. This is the only way. God was made flesh... In order that, verse 21, he would be made sin. 
Now we understand, Jesus was not a sinner. He never sinned. We saw last week the miracle of the virgin birth preserved him from the guilt and corruption of Adam's sin, what we commonly call original sin. He didn't have it. But here we read in verse 21 that Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin for us. Now look back at verse 19 again. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses or sins to them. It is our sin that has broken the relationship with God. It is our sins that have separated us from God. It is because we are all sinners that we need reconciliation with God in the first place. But here in verse 19, we read that God was not imputing. He was not counting. He was not keeping a record of their trespasses. In other words, God did not hold our sins against us. Instead, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That is, he imputed, he counted, he recorded our sins to Jesus. God did not hold our sins against us. He held our sins against Jesus. And Jesus died. This is why he had to be fully God. Only one who is fully God could have borne the infinite weight of our sin and the infinite justice of God we deserve in his death. Question 38 of the larger catechism asked why Jesus had to be God. Now the answer is lengthy, but the first part of it says that he should be God, that he might sustain and keep the human nature from sinking under the infinite wrath of God and power of death and give worth and efficacy to his sufferings, obedience, and intercession. In other words, if Jesus were not God, if he were only man, 
he would have sunk under the infinite wrath of God. And his death would not have been worth the infinite value that we need to settle the eternal account of our sin. But he is fully God. So he settled it. And when he had settled that account, all the accounts of his people in rising from the dead, he began the new creation where all his people reconciled to him will finally see his face forever. Behold how great a work it is to save a sinner. Paul says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, peace on earth, the goodwill of God Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled are you at peace with God. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.